Well, hey guys, good evening and welcome to the James Gang Bible Study. Uh, we're going to pray and introduce our speaker. We're in for a very special treat tonight. Kevin Four is here with us. For 15 years he pastored in this city. I met him 21 years ago, about this time in December on a Saturday at Larry Dixon's house. How do you remember that? In the winter of 92. Well, you remember when you first meet somebody, and I just moved here. Anyway, Kevin pastored Waples Baptist for 15 years. He's pastored in Colorado for two or three years. He's a cowboy. He's a man's man. He's from Oklahoma. He's a public speaker, and we are in for a special treat. He's a father to a great young man named Jared. Kevin, thank you for coming to minister to us. Let's pray, and then I'll turn it to you. Lord, we just thank you for this opportunity to continue learning Thank you, Lord, for allowing Kevin to be here with us to share the word through the gifts that you've given him. Give us hearts to receive. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So, Kevin Ford, we give it to you, sir. We're at James chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. Um, you've got a study guide there. Did everybody get a study guide? Those of you that are on the phone, uh, don't, I, I'm a guy that really struggles with feeling left out, and I just spaced out that I could have emailed you. And I was almost going to do it there just minutes ago, but I thought maybe it might already Technology doesn't always work. James chapter 4, verse 11 and 12. you got a study guide in front of you. You can just follow on there. I try to make it easy for you. And let's look at this passage. How many of you remember the book, Games People Play? I mean, it's been out a few years. What you may not know is six months after the book, Games People Play, came the book, Games That Christians Play. Anybody read that? And it's just, oh, it is a, it is a hoot. And it's a little convicting. And it's a book about those that claim to be followers of Christ, the games they play in the name of Christ. We're going to look tonight, if you look at your study guide, at probably one of the deadliest games. And I'm going to show you in Scripture where I'm coming from with that, that we play as Christians, and it's a game of playing God. Straight up. Let's look at this passage. Where do you get this? The game of playing God? Check this out. Brothers, do not slander one another. James chapter 4, verse 11. <coughs> Excuse me. <coughs> Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law and judges it. When you judge the law, you're not keeping it, but you're setting in judgment on it. There is only one lawgiver and judge, that's God, the one who is able to save and destroy, but you, who are you to judge your neighbor? Straight up. If you want to fill this in on your study guide, James is saying that when we judge others, we're playing God. I'm going to give you four things here tonight, and you can follow along on your guide. If, I don't know if you're used to that. It makes it a little handy. I'm going to give you this. Number one, we're going to look at tonight, why do we judge other people? How many of you ever had the thing in church that they don't do no good? I don't know. Alan may preach this. They don't do no good to ask why. I'm going to give you the answer to why tonight. How about that? Then we're going to look at what's the difference between just simply stating my observations of someone and casting a judgment. Then I'm going to give you why shouldn't we judge. And I know the verse has already been done. You know, let's be doers of God's word. I don't like don'ts, okay? So I'm kind of got the verse that's got the don'ts in it, but I'll do the best I can with don't like don'ts and doing the don'ts. But I'm going to give you why do we judge other people? What's the difference between my observations and judging, which is going to be answered in the section that I call why shouldn't we judge? And then number two, when is it wrong to judge other people? That's that difference. When, how many of you got an opinion here tonight? And are we entitled to our opinion? And how many of us are entitled to share our opinion? Well, we're going to maybe... Okay. Because what's the difference? I'll be straight up. What's the difference between me simply stating my observation and casting a judgment on somebody? Your mouth. Okay. We're going to look at that. I mean, I'm going to answer that question. Why? What? When? And then, then the good news is going to be this. Tonight, we're finally going to cover how do I break the habit of judging other people. Okay? Let's look at this. Let me give you this verse. Romans chapter 2, verse 3 says, So when you, a mere man, and guys, this is just to get a concept of, I said earlier, judging is playing God. 
and it maybe is the deadliest playing game you can play. Look at Romans chapter 2, verse 3. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them, and yet you do the very same thing, do you think you're sharp enough to escape God's judgment as well? Let me give you this on your guide. What are some of the reasons that we judge other people? Paul says in Romans chapter 2, verse 3, number one, we judge other people often to excuse our own faults. Mm. It's going to be a little tough here at the first, guys. It gets better, okay? All right? Paul is saying we often judge others to excuse our own fault. We think that pointing the finger at someone else is going to what? Excuse the very same things that... We love to accuse others and excuse ourselves. If you look at your guide, there's another reason I want to give you here. We often judge other people, and it's kind of like this, guys. How many times you turn and hear somebody go, you know, look at that guy. He got $24 million worth of debt. And it's coming from the dude that's got $10.4 million of debt. Now, the fact that somebody else has got $20 million worth of debt, does that excuse the fact that I'm in $10 million worth of debt? doesn't make it any, uh, uh, okay, you got it? Number two on your guide, if you want to write this in. Another reason that we tend to judge other people is because it appeals to our pride. I gave you a verse here in the Good News Translation. Proverbs 26, verse 22 says, Gossip is so tasty, how we love to swallow it. Let me ask you this. When you hear somebody ragging on somebody else, do you not automatically have a tendency to want to kind of perk up? Ooh, let me hear that. Come on. Am I right? There is something. Look at this proverb. This is real. Gossip is so tasty. How we love to swallow it. You make it a little white space on your guide. Introduce me to a judgmental person, and I'll introduce you to a person that is prideful. Mm -hmm. Now, we're trying to get the root. I mean, do we want to deal with the fruit, or do we want to deal with the root? Okay? I'm just, I mean, done a little bit of ministry, but I'm still a farm guy. Cow, dude. I mean, you deal with the root. Okay? The barn stinks, you cleaned it out. Don't put fresh shavings in it. Introduce me to somebody that is judgmental. They have a problem being judgmental. And I will show you that same person is a prideful person. And check this out, guys. A prideful person is an insecure person. Now we're going to the root. Okay? You know, there's slander in the first degree. We're going to look at this verse here in a little bit. It says, do not slander. I, I, I really don't like the do nots. But let's just deal with it maybe in a positive way as we can. There's slander in the first degree. Do you know what that other person is doing? And then there's slander in the second degree. Oh, I'm just sharing this with you so you can pray with me for them. <laughs> I, I don't know that the Jesus of the Bible intended for Matthew 6, thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. The prayer. I don't know that the Jesus of the Bible intended for prayer lists to be gossips and slandering, itinerary. Okay? What's your guide here? Why should I not judge others? Why should I not? Let me try to give you some positive things on this. Why should I not judge others? Number one, if you want to write this down on your study guide, it is unchristlike. Number one, under why should I not judge others? And we're moving into the category here of what's the difference between me just sharing my opinions? Are y'all entitled to have your opinions? Come on. Are we? But I'm going to try to show you tonight. Oh, let me do it this way. Would it be okay if I show you in some situations when you don't need to share your opinions? See this? When you see my palms out, there ain't no stones in it. Okay? Come on. Look at this. Number one on your guide. It's unchristlike. Verse 11. Look at this verse in your passage. Verse 11 says, Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law. Look at this, just these two passages. In, in these passages, the word brother is used three times. 
Who's the target audience in these two verses? Why does he use the word brother three times? We're family. We're family. My daddy always said, you pick and choose your friends, but you're stuck with your relatives. We're family. This this concept, it's about a guy that came up, I don't know, Pastor Allen's probably never had this happen, but a guy come up one time to a pastor, he's visiting church for the first time, and he said, Pastor, I just need to share with you my spiritual gift. Pastor said, appreciate that. He says, yeah, my gift is the gift of criticism. <laughs> guys, I, I ain't the sharpest stick in the pile, but I ain't seen that in the spiritual gift list. And the pastor was a lot sharper than I am. He turned to the poor boy and he said, you remember that verse about the parable of one talent? Oh, yeah, pastor. What did that guy do with his talent? And he went and buried it. Maybe that's what you need to do with your talent. It's <laughs> just a joke. Okay. Notice it says this. Look at this. Let's go on. Notice, brothers, do not slander. And the other thing, i got to get uncomfortable, dudes. I ain't used to this. It's usually a barrel. Of, yeah, anyway. <clears throat> brothers, do not slander. Would you circle on your guide the word slander? Check this out. The word slander in this verse is the exact same word that's used for devil in the New Testament. It says, do not slander. The word here is the same word that's used for devil. What does the Bible say the devil is what? He's the accuser of... Let me read you John 8, 44. It says the devil is the father of lies. Revelation says he is the accuser of brothers. Why did I put in this first category why not to judge others is it's unchristlike because this verse says when you're judging others you're slandering the word for slandering here is the same word for devil in the new testament here's the deal when you're judging others you're being like who i didn't say you are he i said you're being like who and if i'm being like who i'm not being like who pretty good Let's go to number two on your guide. It's unloving. Where do you get this at? Look at the verse. It's unloving. Who judges, in this verse that we're dealing with the focus and the theme here, who judges speaks against the law. What does this mean? Is it illegal to judge people in America? I mean, what, what's the deal? I mean, is this like a speeding traffic cop deal? It says, look at this. Whoever judges is speaking against the law. Does that mean it's illegal to judge others? No. Read on down here. James, let me give you this verse. James chapter 2. Here's where it's coming from. If you've got your Bibles, go over a couple of chapters. James chapter 2, verse 8 says, Whenever I judge you, I'm breaking the law. What does he mean, I'm breaking the law? Am I about to get a ticket? Read through this. James chapter 2, verse 8 says this. If you really keep the royal law found in Scripture, this translation says, your neighbor, and the royal law found in Scripture is love your neighbor as you love yourself. So here's the deal. Take that James chapter 2, verse 8 verse, put it with our verse tonight. When I am judging someone, I am unloving. Okay? Number three in your guide. It's unjustified. I tried to find some uns to go together here, guys, to get away from the don'ts. Number three on your guide, it's unjustified. This verse says, there is only one lawgiver, our key verse for tonight, there is only one lawgiver and one judge. The word lawgiver, check this out. The word lawgiver here, the word lawgiver is used six times in the Old Testament. The word for lawgiver in this passage is used only once in the New Testament. In the Old Testament, when you see the word lawgiver, the word lawgiver in the Old Testament is used six times, and every time it's used, it's referring to one person. Who's it referring to? Huh? God. God. So here we see the only reference to the word lawgiver in the entire New Testament. Who do you think it's talking? Here's the deal. Whose job description is it to be judging? Hmm? It's God's own. It's not mine. It's not yours. You and me, we don't work for the judgmental department of heaven. There's only one man that's got that job. God. Look at your God here. Third category. Now I'm going to address the question, what's the difference between judging and just stating my observations? And it's in category three here on your study guide. You can flip to the back side. When is it wrong to judge others? 
Look at Romans, and there's some, y'all can lighten up, there's some good news coming here in a little bit, okay? All right? Romans chapter, because am I the only guy that struggles with judgmental opinions of others? No. Am I the only guy in this room that struggles with judging others? I don't know, I couldn't judge others, but I don't know. <laughs> That's good. Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. Am I the only guy in the room that doesn't like it when others judge me? How many of y'all like that deal? They judge you because of the way you look. Judge you with, with you around me on some days. I don't smell real good. I don't like it when people misjudge me. Okay. All right. Let's look at this. Romans chapter 2. My judgments are always accurate. Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. And by the way, we're getting in a place where you're going to get to interact because you've got a homework assignment tonight. And I'm not going to get, I'm giving you the answers to this part of the study guide. We're heading in a direction that I'm not going to give you the answers. Okay? Romans chapter 2, verses 1 through 3. You, therefore, have no excuse. You, did I put that past, did that verse make it in your final copy, Romans chapter 2, yeah. verse 1 through, oh, in your study guide? You, therefore, have no excuse. Sometimes my technology don't dump into your technology and hit print, and it, okay, you don't need that. You, therefore, have no excuse. You who pass judgment on someone else, for at whatever point you judge others, you're condemning yourself. For you who pass judgment do the same thing. Now we know that God's judgment on those who do such things is based on truth. So when you, a mere man, pass judgment on them, and yet you do the same thing, do you think you'll escape God's judgment? Let me give you this on your guide. When is it wrong to speak my opinion? When is it wrong to judge others? Okay? Number one, when I'm practicing the same sin. I know it ain't, may, is it popular, Alan, to talk about sin on Wednesday night, but Go for it. here it is. When is it wrong to cast a judgment or speak your opinion? When I'm practicing the same sin. Jesus says this, he who is without sin cast the first. How many stones in my hand, guys? No stones in my hands, guys. Look at Matthew chapter 7. Straight up. This could go back into that first category. Why do I judge others? Often, you will see judgmental people are judging others simply to cover up the very thing they're struggling with. Now, I know it's an old thing, but when I point one finger, how many fingers coming back? I, I, I just can't change truth. Okay? All right? Look at Matthew chapter 7, verses 3 through 5 in your study guide. Number two, what's another reason... To uh, what section am I on? <laughs> Another reason why it's wrong to judge others. Why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye, when there's a plank in your own eye? You hypocrite. First take the plank out of your own eye, and then you can see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Now, this is Jesus talking here on the famous Sermon on the Mount. And it's really, if anybody wants to deny that Jesus, we get familiar with these Bible stories, but this is funny. For the guy that was hearing this, and you know, this was funny in that day, okay? I mean, it would, I don't know if it made Glenn or not. Jesus is making an exaggeration here. Number two, why is it wrong to judge someone else? It blinds me to my own faults. Why is it wrong to judge someone else? It blinds me to my own faults. Straight up, you got an observation that you want to share about someone. Are y'all getting me? There's a fine line between my observation and a judgment I'm about to speak on someone. When should I maybe button the mouth? when it is blinding me to the very faults that I need to deal with. Okay? This speck thing. Look at verse 2 in your passage. In the same way you judge others, 
And now here's another little motivator, guys. We're going to deal with this in Luke in just a little bit. But look at verse 2. Uh, put it on your study guide. In the same way you judge others, you will be what? Mm. That gets kind of tough. Okay? Number three, John chapter 7, verse 24, on your guide here. John 7, 24 gives us the third time in Scripture when it's wrong to judge other people. Jesus says, stop judging by mere appearance and make a right judgment. It is wrong to cast a judgment or your observation on someone if you're doing it strictly by appearance. Another time that it's wrong to draw conclusions or judgments is when we're doing it strictly on appearance. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 7. Little David gets selected type verse. Remember that? Let me ask you a question. Even if we didn't know that story of David... Even if we didn't know about King David, even if we didn't know about Warrior David, even if we didn't know that all that good stuff, and David had his faults. I like David because he was a real guy. He blew it. David was a bad sinner. But if you read Psalms 51, he was a good repenter. Okay? But even if we didn't know all this stuff about this David dude, and he came from what? Just Let me ask you this. When we're speaking judgments off of outward appearances, do y'all think that maybe God sees in people things that you and I can't see? Just a question. You think maybe God sees in people things we can't see? Okay? Just a thought. Number four on your guide, John chapter 7, verse 51. Still continuing on this thing. Nicodemus, who had gone to Jesus earlier and who was of their own number, asked, talking to the Sanhedrin here, does our law condemn a man without first hearing him to find out what he is doing? On your study guide, it is wrong to judge someone else before you hear all the facts. Now, I'm kind of getting back to this observation. I just want to tell you my observation of this person. I want to just tell you my observation of this situation. We might need to hold back on our verbalizing our observations if we don't have all the facts. Okay? Number five, Colossians chapter 2, verse 16. Therefore, do not let anyone judge you by what you eat, you drink, or you regard to religious festivals and a new moon celebration or a Sabbath day. These are a shadow of the thing to come. Reality, however, is found in Christ. Paul is simply saying here, another time it's wrong to cast judgments is when we're doing it on their spirituality based purely on external Religious observations. I'll say that again. Paul is saying it's wrong to judge other people, their spirituality, on the basis only of external religious observations. You know, we can go through Romans 14, but I'll read you a little bit of it. It's the old passage about, you know, what are you going to eat? What are you going to drink? You know, um... You know, it's kind of like the two guys at the, I don't know, y'all have already had your Christmas banquet, right? Church, birthday, Jesus, something, okay? I mean, I don't know. I love my church Christmas banquet. Two guys sitting at the table. One's a vegetarian, one's not. One's just wolfing down the turkey. Turns to the vegetarian goes, you know, I thought only kooks were vegetarians. The vegetarian turns back to the dude and goes, I only thought turkeys, eating turkeys. We're kooks. I'm not a vegetarian. The Lord's allowed me to make a living in the cattle business. My dad did the same. In fact, somebody told me in a medical journal that our teeth are not made for vegetables. They're made for meat. I ain't going to go there. I'm judging somebody for being a... If I want to judge a vegetarian for being a kook, just because he's a vegetarian, 
I, I got a passage here, guys. Steve's been with me in some of this journey. Hey, I don't know what your church position is. I can build a good, good biblical argument. You can drink as long as you ain't drunk. I can take some of the same passages that my Baptist brethren don't much like me anymore for and build a good, solid biblical argument. Stay away from it. Okay? Romans, I mean, the, the passage here that it comes from is Romans 14. The principle is this. Whatever you do, in Romans 14, if you want to write this in the white space, the principle is this. Whatever you do, have a clear conscience about it and don't offend other people. The concept is simply that. Whether it's food, whether it's drink, if we don't have a clear passage on it, whatever you have a clear conscience about and cannot offend other people. Okay? Don't judge each other. Look at verse 22 here. Put it on your guide. So whatever you believe about these things, keep them. It's in the Romans 14 verse. I'm sorry. Whatever you believe about these things, keep them between yourself and God. Blessed is the man who does not condemn himself by what he approves. The verse goes on to say, The man who has doubts is condemned if he eats, because his eating is not from faith, and everything that does not come excuse me, from faith is sin. The concept is simply this. In judging others about uh, our observation... Oh, excuse me, now it's about our opinion of those that may have religious practices that we don't buy into. The concept throughout Romans 14 is put the other person first. Very simple. Number six on your guide, James chapter 4, verse 11. Let's get back to James. James chapter 4, verse 11. Brothers, do not slander one another. Anyone who speaks against his brother or judges him speaks against the law. You want to write this down in your guide? Your opinion just became a judgment if you're about to speak something evil about another Christian brother or sister. Your opinion is actually a judgment when you're speaking evil against another follower of Christ. Where do you get that at, Kevin? Check this out. Ephesians 4.29, anybody know this verse? It says, we're always to speak degrading, ugly, mean, vile things to others? Y'all think that's what the verse says? No. How about this verse? Ephesians 4.29 says, We're always, we are always to speak positively, speak only those things that build up and encourage. And if you look at the verse of Ephesians 4, verse 29, the verse is written from the perspective of, of the other person. Here's what I mean by that. How do I know I'm about to speak something that's encouraging or building up? Is it Do I get to evaluate what I'm about to say on the basis of my perspective? If you look at Ephesians chapter 4, verse 29, it is written from the perspective of, okay, it's what I'm about to say. Does the other person think that's encouraging and building up? Dudes, that's pretty tough. You just see the theme? You reckon the Ephesians theme and the Romans 14 theme and this concept of what? The other person. Is that kind of a thread that runs throughout the New Testament? Love one another. Seek to understand another. Ooh, isn't that Ephesians somewhere? Okay. So then. Number seven. First Corinthians chapter four. Give you the last one here. Therefore, judge nothing before the appointed time. Would y'all circle nothing on your study guide? Wait until the Lord comes. He will bring to light what is hidden in darkness, uh uh-oh, and will expose the motives of men's heart. If you'll write this on your guide, we have no right to judge other people's motives and question what they do. If your opinion or observation is going to motive, what is this other person's motive? We do not... Am I understanding 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5 right, guys? We do not have the option of selecting and trying to decide what another person's motive is. i got to tell you guys, some days I don't even know what my own motives are. I can't get anywhere near to figuring out what Steve's is. And I don't need to. 
And if you look at 1 Corinthians verse 4, chapter 4, verse 5, who's really the only person in this room that truly knows Kevin Ford's motives? And truthfully, who in this room is the only person that really knows what your motives are? God. And if I'm about to speak something, I got you figured out. I know what you're up to. Mm-mm. I don't have the right to speak that observation or opinion. That's a judgment. Okay? It's going down to your guide here. And guys, this gets really sad. Because we're going to go to how do you break the habit of judging others. And I, I don't know this. This I, I, you know, I don't know what stations you listen to. And Young Bachelor, just over here in Dallas, Christmas party. Every year, his company gives to every employee a turkey. Young Bachelor. Always, I don't know why, but I mean, but for some reason, this guy has always been uncomfortable with getting a turkey. And for some of us that are bachelors, we don't cook a lot. <laughs> okay, so he was uncomfortable. Everybody loved the turkey. Everybody that you know, man, big turkeys feed the whole family turkeys. And this one guy in the company, and this was on the radio, and it was him making a plea. One guy in the company did not like this tradition of getting a turkey at Christmas. He don't have family. He don't cook. He flies somewhere. You know what do you do with this turkey? Put it in, check it in luggage. I don't know. His buddies in the office thought this year they'd play a joke on him. This is no new joke, but they took his turkey and took the wrappers off of it, the wrapping thing, and and made a paper mache turkey. And gave it to him in the mix. He got a paper mache turkey. I don't put some weight in it. And the guy rides the, the dart thing to up past Plano or something. Was sitting on the dart bench. And a guy that just looked desolate sat down on the bench next to him. The guy just started opening up about he had lost his job three months ago. The guy had a roll of hamburger meat. And was talking about that's what's going to be his family's Christmas dinner this year because they're out of money, out of. The young bachelor felt bad because he had this frozen turkey, and so I tell you what, I'll swap with you. Oh man! The young bachelor didn't know about the paper mache turkey. Somewhere in Dallas, there's a guy with a family just barely making it, and he swapped two pounds of hamburger meat for a paper mache turkey. And that poor guy probably is casting a judgment on the young business guy. <laughs> is it his fault? No. It's sad. Okay. So what did you got? How do you break this habit of judgment? The key is this. This is, this is not lightweight stuff that we do in this category. Let me give you some good news. How do you break this habit of judging others? Number one on your guide. Remember that I'll be judged by the same standards I use to judge other people. Oh, Kevin, I thought you were going to give me some good news. <laughs> it's coming. Number one, you guys, remember that I will be judged by the same standards that I use to judge other people. Matthew chapter 7, verses 1 and 2 says, Do not judge others so that God will not judge you. For God will judge you in the same way that you judge others, and he will apply to you the same rules you apply to others. That's in my Bible. One of the ways to break this cycle of judgmental, and, and, and haven't even been around somebody, I'm not judgmental. I'm just being real. I'm not being judgmental. I'm just, I'm, I'm not lazy. I'm just, <clears throat> take it easy occasionally. Okay? One of the ways, guys, that we can break this cycle is simply reminding ourselves the judgment we put on others, according to this verse, it's coming back on you. I mean, 
I'm just reading Bible verses. Okay. Number two on your guide. One of the ways that I can break this cycle is remember that each of us are going to be accountable to God. Look at the verse I've given you there in that guide. Every one of us then will have to give an account of himself to God. So then, let us stop judging one another. Let me ask you something. Have have there been some people do evil things in this world? Is there some people today, maybe in this room, somebody did something just darn mean to you? Anybody in here today had somebody speak something mean to you? You know, fully with that crap about words don't hurt. Guys, words hurt. Words don't stick. Mm-hmm. They do. They do. One of the things that we can use to break this cycle is remembering that there's some unfair things in this world are going to happen to you. And it was wrong. But the good news is there's another side to this world we live in. And on that side, God says, I'll make it right. I got a little verse in Romans. Vengeance is what? I says who? The Lord. Let me ask you something. If somebody got in your face and did you wrong, and you just want to get right in the middle of them, who would you rather get in the middle of the person that wronged you? Yourself or have God jump in the middle of them? That's what that verse means. Vengeance is mine. And if you read that verse in context, the Lord pretty well says, you want to go around defending yourself? You want to go around trying to make it right yourself? Go ahead. I won't do a thing. It's kind of like God in that verse says, you get to choose. You want to do it your way? Okay, go ahead. But you want me to stand up for you? Button your mouth and watch what I'll do. Dial down your actions. Uncurl your fist. Put down the wrench, lay the hammer down, eject the clip out of your gun, okay? And God's saying, I'll take care of it. All right, number three on your guide. Now, here's the good news. One of the greatest ways that we can break the cycle of judgment is remember how merciful God has been to me. One of the ways that we can break the cycle of judgment is remember how merciful God's been to me. Let me read you James chapter 2, verse 13. What is the Bible, the book of the Bible we're in in this series? James. James. So how about I take you to another portion of it. It says in verse 13, James chapter 2, mercy triumphs over judgment. Guys, there is one principle in the Bible stronger than judgment. Forgiveness. There is something more powerful than the words that people have spoken over us. Grace. Now, some of us, I think, when we prayed to ask Jesus to be our Lord, we had a good concept of mercy and grace. But I'm concerned that the longer I walk with Christ, Take for granted what real mercy and grace means. Let me read you this passage. The reason, straight up guys, the reason I need to be patient with you is the Bible says because God's been patient with me. The reason you need to be a little patient with me is because God's been patient with you. The reason I need to give mercy rather than judgment is I've received mercy. Okay? Let me look at this. We take advantage of God's grace. What do you mean you take advantage of it? How many of you get something from your boss for Christmas? 
bad illustration. Might be a good one, we just don't have that boss. How we take advantage of God's grace is this way. The first time your boss wanted to give you a 500 buck bonus for Christmas, whenever that was, or was it for some of you, okay. But whenever, the first time you got $500, unexpected, just boss walked in and said, here's five C-notes. Bless you. Next Christmas, Christmas party, boss walks in, hands you five C-notes. Bless you. Not expected, not in the employee handbook, just here's Third Christmas, if you're like me, you've already spent the 500 bucks because you know it's coming. Huh? That's what we do with God's grace and God's mercy and how we abuse it. Let me take you to a couple passages and I want to give you a question. Look at Luke chapter 6. It's not on your study guide, and this is your homework. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 and 38. We're about done. Look at Luke chapter 6. Verse 37 and 38. And if you got your Bibles, open that up to it. And I, I should have just burned up some more white space and dumped it in there and didn't. But I want to give you a question on this verse. Luke chapter 6, verse 37 and 38. Do not judge others, and you will not be judged. Do not condemn others, or it will come back against you. Forgive others, and you'll be forgiven. Give, now look at this verse here, give and you will receive. How many of you, the last time you heard that verse read, somebody's trying to take money from you? <laughs> Come on. I mean, the last time you had that verse read to you, somebody was wanting some money from you. Okay? Look at this. Give and you will receive. Your gift will return to you in full, pressed down, shaken together to make room for more running over and poured into your life. The amounts you give will determine the amount you get back. Now, let me ask you a question. Anybody got their Bibles, and those two verses are in the same section of your Bible? And they're read. Some Bibles. Let me ask you a question. We see this verse about give, shaking down, press together, that stuff. Always about money. Somebody wanting your money, usually. But let me just ask you a question. In context, Alan, you can answer this. In context, is that verse about shaking down, blah, 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 giving back to you, Right in with the other verse above it, which is about judging. Let me ask you. Let me ask you a question, guys. Could it be possible verse thirty-eight doesn't deal with financial giving? Could it be possible verse thirty-eight deals with the way we judge others? I'm just asking a question. And if it does, then what does that mean when I cast a judgment on somebody? What's really going to come back to me? Press down, shake. Can I read it to you again? Press down, shaking together to make room for more running over, poured into your lap. The amount you give will determine the amount you get back. Just a thought, guys. Could verse 38 really be about verse 37? And then here's the second question. How many of us, our greatest struggle is not casting a judgment on someone else. It's the judgments we cast on ourselves. Now look at verse 37 and 38. If I'm going through my day you're a loser, Kevin. You'll never amount to anything. You can't make good financial decisions. You don't understand the cattle market. You're going to lose your shirt on a group of heifers. I'm just putting it in your juice. Whatever your job is, I'll never figure this out. That guy I'm working with don't like me. But what I'm getting at, what if we are out there every day casting judgments on ourselves and literally reaping the fruit of it. And like a bulldozer, we're just pushing people. How about this one? They don't like me. 
that, according to that verse, that one judgment, they don't like me. That could be like a bulldozer pushing people away from you. It's just a thought. It's not one of our struggles with judgment, the judgments we cast on ourselves. And here's the good news. What do you do with that? Forgive yourself. If there's anything more powerful than judgment, it's forgiveness. Numbers 13, verse 33. There we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak. They came from giants. And I love this verse. And we were like grasshoppers in our own sight. I love that. Them dudes are big. And we are like grasshoppers in our own sight. What about the proverb? I mean, it's misused, but the first part of the verse does say, as a man thinks, in his heart, so is he. Let me, read you. Let me read you this poem. I saw this this morning. I stood on the street of a busy town, watching men tearing a building down. With a whole heave-ho and a lusty yell, they swung a beam and a sidewall fell. I asked the foreman of the crew, are those men as skilled as those you'd hire if you wanted to build? Oh, no, said the foreman, no indeed. Just common laborers is all I need. I can tear down as much in a day or two as would take skilled men a year to do. And then I thought as I went my way, just which of these two roles am I trying to play? Have I walked life's road with care, measuring each deed with rule and square? Or am I one of those who roam the town content with the labor of tearing down? Let me pray for you. Lord, this is an area that every one of us have to deal with. Critical attitudes, being judgmental. If you want to find some fault, we can find it. Everybody's imperfect. It's all in what we decide to look at. If you choose to make friends in life, one of the things you have to do is overlook their faults. Of the good parts in them, overlook the bad. You want to have a successful marriage, you have to learn to love the good parts and overlook the bad. You want to have a successful Lord, I pray that you'd help us stop our criticizing, our questioning. Give us the ability, Holy Spirit, to look at the good parts in people's lives. Lord, I pray that you would Help us see the fatality, the finality of playing God. And we'd realize we're not Him. Help us this week, God, to not be critical and judgmental. Pray, Holy Spirit, you'd help us to watch our mouths and not gossip and pass on damaging information. Pray, Jesus, that you would empower us to build others up and to share only those things that would literally encourage and lift up others. Lord, I thank you for your grace in my life. I thank you that you don't give me what I deserve, but you give me what I need. Help me do that in others, Lord, to pass on to them what they need. pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Yeah. Uh, anybody have any questions for Kevin or comments, insights, or input? Speak loud so that the, the conference callers can hear. Um, in, in Corinthians, Pastor Paul writes about uh, the gift of discernment uh, being there and with the Holy Spirit to protect the church. Could you comment on? discernment and how that compares, contrasts with judgment? Yeah. First of all, Holy Ghost gives us 
discernment. Insight. Even in the Proverbs, there's a reference to wisdom. Eight, Proverbs 8, verse 1, wisdom stands at the gate and looks. Um, I cannot definitively give you the difference between discernment and judgment right here tonight. I am greatly concerned, back to that book, The Games That Christians Play, I'm greatly concerned lots of judgment is guised in the words, oh, I just have a word from the Lord for you, or I just got a discernment. You know, I, I, I am grieved and concerned that much what is put, much, much judgmental statements, many, that's bad grammar, but many judgmental statements are labeled with discernment, and they ain't. And Holy Ghost is going, Mm-mm, that ain't me. Okay, now you probably need to look at the fruit of it. Uh, one way of discerning, Alan, you know, I mean, script, Holy Spirit is never going to counter Scripture. Holy Ghost, I mean, uh, there, there are tests you can use to verify, is this, is this from Holy Ghost? But just some Holy Ghost is never going to contradict Scripture. Holy Ghost is never going to contradict the nature of God. Okay, so I, I, I can't speak to that specifically, but I think we need, I mean, I got a verse, check your words, test this spirit, okay? I mean, that's a pastoral leadership role. Uh, is discernment operative in the church today? You bet. I, I, I believe every activity of Holy Ghost in the New Testament is still operative today. But are there abuses? Yes. Now, do we need to be, you know, I like this way of, of testing discernment. True Holy Ghost. You know, first we've got the Ephesians deal. What's it doing to another person? Is it building them up? Tear them down. But, you know, I like, it is just intriguing to me in the New Testament how when the Holy Ghost is really operational, it's either pointing to Jesus or pointing to Father God. I don't see it pointing to itself and, oh, look at me, I'm Holy Ghost, look what I'm doing. I just like that. When Holy Ghost was operational in the New Testament, it was focusing on Jesus or it was focusing on Father God, Jesus the Son or Father the God. And it wouldn't bring attention to itself. Now we see it. We see its fruit. We see its evidence. So I, I think we need to be very careful there. I think there's abuses there, but there's some good scriptural tests to test that discernment that, that it's from God. I think the actual terminology is discerning of spirits. Is something demonic, or is something of God, or is it neither? And I remember hearing a story, I think Chuck Smith may have shared this story, uh, of a friend who was having suicidal thoughts. I mean, just being tormented with thoughts of suicide. And his wife just knew she discerned it was a demon, you know. So this brother went and prayed with him, and he discerned it was not. That that was the guy taking some kind of medication, and he was. And went to his doctor, and sure enough, it was a side effect of medication. It wasn't a demon. And it wasn't him being far from God. It was something entirely different. So it was discerning of spirits. Uh, I've had judgmental people use their discernment on me. And, uh, you know, I think I, I love this. You did a really good job. Uh, James ends with the two verses talking about confronting a brother to keep a brother from turning from his way. Uh, judgmentalism doesn't confront in love. Judgmentalism wants to talk to other people. And if it does talk to somebody, it'll condemn and say, I've got discernment and don't give a person hope or help. It's great. This is good. Anybody else? That was a good question. I wanted and to, a hard one to answer. I, I wanted to make just a um, kind of a comment based on 1 Corinthians 5. The, the 1 Corinthians 5 is a, is a problem that's really a major problem in the Corinthian church. And Paul ends it. He spends the chapter five talking about it, and he ends it by saying, "What business? What business is it of mine to judge those outside the church? Are you not to judge those inside?" 
God will judge those outside. Expel the wicked man from among you. And the point I want to make is sometimes in leadership, whether it's leadership over a church or you have a management position, you have to make some pretty serious decisions, uh, opinions, and we could say judgments about somebody. Uh, and obviously, you don't do it lightly. It's 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 a, a serious yeah. thing. But but there are times when when you have to make a determination. And here, Paul actually says you expel this person. Yeah, and and probably tonight a better use of the word for me tonight would have been to use the word judgmental rather than judge. I mean, <clears throat> see, you're using judgments in another sense of the definition. That is, I got to make a decision. I have a responsibility. I've got to make a call. Is that a judgment? Right. Yes. But I think the theme of these two verses in James was a judgmental attitude. That's good. I, That's good. And, 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 it being, and probably through the night I use the word judgment. <laughs> but it's encouched in judgmental I, attitude. Yeah, I think the context is if we step outside of our sphere into God's sphere. Yeah. Like uh, JP may have an employee that's, ripping off customers or ripping off other employees, that employee's got to go. I can't fire him. It's outside my sphere yeah, of authority. But God's put him He's in He's got leadership. authority there to, to make a judgment call that's within his sphere. But uh, we get way beyond that, especially in the Western world with our armchair quarterback culture that we are, of making judgment calls in areas that aren't ours to make. And, yeah. yeah. Well, and, and I, but I, 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 you know, I see a judgmental, Attitude James is addressing. Um, and, and where I'm at in my journey, um, uh, a few weeks ago I was visiting with a guy that owns a, a grain elevator up in the Panhandle of Texas and, and sells grain to feedlots and stuff. And he's in a small town. And in this small town, y'all, some of y'all may not resonate with this, but in this small town he owns a grain elevator and a fertilizer company. And he's an independent. He, he has a grain elevator, you know, buys and sells corn and sells fertilizer to the farmers. All right. But in the same town, there's a co-op. I don't know if any of you all know what a co-op is. And that, that's kind of a co-op. of other, Usually it's the big farmers in town, and they got a co-op, and, and they can sell their grain. And you may not track it, but in the government... There's a government ag program out that are helping corn producers and trying to boost stuff, and it's called a government program for corn farmers. And and um, anyway, this this program is administered by individual elevators. And this guy that owns this elevator is a devoted follower of Christ. And and the co-op, bottom line, the co-op's trying to give uh, 25 cents a bushel back to their members. And this guy that owns his elevator, you know put the pencil to it, he can give a buck back to his customers per bushel, and he still makes a go. Oh, my, the co-op's trying to make another buck into their pockets, and this guy that owns this elevator just saw it as a way he can bless people. I'll make a 25-cent profit per bushel, but I'm going to give a buck of that program back to the farmer. And, and man, in this little town, all the farmers are bailing on the co-op and going to this guy. Of course they are. All right? I mean, it's, it's just profit. And there was this one farmer in town that that's on the school board with this little elevator owner. And 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 they'd had a school board meeting just over just my just normal business. And this one farmer that's the leader of the co op just stood up and just jumped in this guy's face. It's one of them deals like, Whoa, where'd this come from? And uh, and this guy that owns the elevator walked out of that room and Probably any of us would probably say, man, he don't like me. And his testimony was for the last month, he's just, I mean, he sees him in town at the cafe. And just, bottom line, the Holy Spirit convicted this elevator owner one night. You've cast a judgment on that guy. I mean, school board meetings, cafe. Remember the illustration I gave, like a bulldozer. He just—it was just like he was just pushing this guy away from him, and he didn't tell his wife. He didn't go down front. He just knelt by his bed and said, "Holy Spirit, forgive me." Now, hey, in my opinion, the bully wronged this guy. You with me? But God sees things we don't see. And this old boy hit his bed, and he just goes, "Man, Lord, 
forgive me. I don't know how, but I, I, you're right, Lord. I've, I've kept this verse in Luke. I've cast a judgment, and it's and it's returning back in school board fights and and town meeting fights and cafes throwing coffee cups across the cafe. And this little boy bowed at his bed a few weeks ago, and just asked the Lord to forgive him, and very simply said, "Jesus, I repent." So he did. And the one farmer that was a holdout in the whole area, the bully guy. And the guy didn't go to church. He didn't tell nobody. He just just bowed his bed. The next morning before he opened his grain elevator, that farmer was in his office going, I want a contract with you. And they both made some money out of the deal. What changed? Just a guy going, I think I got an issue with the judgment here. Wow. And I confess it and I repent. Wow. And the next morning, the Lord turned the, the hardest nut to be cracked in the community. The Lord, I mean, the guy didn't get on the phone and try to persuade him. The only thing changed was a little prayer beside a bed asking for forgiveness and saying, I'll repent. And, and, that, and that's, I don't know, that, you know that, to me, that's, that's what I mean by it. I see in this James passage about a judgmental attitude, a judgmental, I hate to put the word spirit on it, just a judgmental attitude, and, which is different, Joe. I mean, you've got both good questions. There's a difference when you've got to make a hard call. And, uh, um, you know, you have an employee that's whining, and dragging butt, well, something needs to be done. Okay, we don't make money that way. Okay, that's not a judgment. That's you have to have to do something. That's that's good. So judging harshly, I think, is uh, unjustly and outside our sphere can also be an attitude, not even an action, just an attitude in our heart. Yeah, that, that's what that's... Uh, this old boy was with the grain elevator guy. That's good. He did not do anything to this old boy. That's good. But he had an attitude of... And his attitude was just like, this guy don't like me. That's good. Anybody else? All right, we're going to... Yeah? Well, I just... Uh, Scott last week and uh, you this week is... Uh, I think we've... I'll just speak for myself, I really needed it. It, it uh, hit some places where need work. And uh, I'm thankful that the Lord has uh, brought you here, and, and thank you for uh, not taking it easy on us. And it, that's, uh, but in that, can I say this? On this subject, you, you ain't alone. Of guys that need work, and one of them's got an orange shirt on. Yeah. Okay. That's good. You know. Um, That's good. In fact, I you know I hate to pick the most grievous sin in the Bible or pick the you know you know we all got different struggles, but I really think a judgmental attitude, Joe, is is a big issue with a lot. Guys, um, rejecting someone is a form of judging them. <coughs> I'm going to reject you because I know you're going to reject me, so I'm going to reject you. <coughs> we immediately receive that judgment back. That one comes fast. Mm-hmm. What's scary is those slow judgments. We don't see it coming. <coughs> anyway, but thank God for those who judge righteously within their sphere of authority, like the police and the bailiffs <laughs> who we have with us. Hey guys, y'all have any input or questions? Well, this is uh, this is Greg. Uh, Kevin, you did a great job, and I appreciate appreciate your time of preparation. Just two points that I'd like to raise. Uh, number one would be that uh, I would submit that, or probably that, the vast majority of the problems among brothers and sisters in the body of Christ would be would be would go away if we could just walk in some of the things that you covered tonight. That's for sure. Um, and then number two is as we enter the this Christmas season, I think about the judgment that was cast on on Mary and Joseph.
they got the news that that uh, Mary was was pregnant with the the salvation of the world and uh, what they had to walk through, and yet that was the Lord's delivery vehicle for salvation. Wow. Yeah, the Lord had to be judged his whole life <laughs> based on that one. Yeah. Anything else? Anybody else? <clears throat> Just Jeff, I, you know, I found the lesson kind of frustrating. I listen to a lot of teaching tapes, and I'll hear something good, and I go to rewind it to listen again. And uh, I couldn't do that tonight because <laughs> it was live. No, it was very, 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 very good. I needed to hear that. A lot of that applied to me. So thank you, Kevin, very much. Yeah, yeah, Kevin, this is Hal. Hey, I want to really thank you for handing me my hiney. Because, uh, <laughs> because we all need that done once in a while, you know? Hal, that's not an image I want to think about very long. <laughs> we don't judge you, brother. Oh, 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 no. No, Kevin knows exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> 